Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first-class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. A very happy Wednesday, two days before Christmas. With the join in to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University, and of course the Maryville Hockey Saints. Uh, great show coming up for you tonight. A great show as we have all the time. But Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh, my co-host, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Lots to talk about, Stephen, and we got a great guest coming on tonight. We got the presenting partner and uh, the director of hockey with the. Uh, Maryville Hockey Saints, just outside of St. Louis, Louis, Missouri. John Hogan's going to be joining us in just a minute. Uh, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing well, Scott. Uh, Merry Christmas Eve, Eve to everybody. Happy holidays as well to those that celebrate the other holidays this time of year. And and yes, it's uh, it's uh, finally feeling like winter. It's uh, yesterday we were nice and spoiled in the six, 60s, or actually near 70 here, and then the temperature dropped into the low 50s which is what we should be about this time of year. So it feels like feels like hockey weather, feels like Christmas weather, and uh, now we just we just got to get some hockey, which, which, of course, is on the horizon for the NHL. But we're talking to East Club Hockey tonight, so that's looking forward to having our presenting partner on. Okay, that's a lot of there, but yes. <laughs> Good evening to you, Scott. Yeah. Okay, you got it all in. As you okay. said, the, uh, the NHL is coming back. Uh, they start training camps in January. NCAA hockey has been pretty much on and off, but uh, for our teams in the region, they've played pretty much all of their scheduled games without anything uh, negative happening to them. And, of course, our uh, club hockey programs have been all over the board. So uh, that's why I thought it would be a great time to bring on uh, John Hogan because he knows what's going on. Uh, he's uh, had to deal with this as a head coach, director of hockey, and all those things in Maryville. So without further ado, let's bring on the head coach and director of hockey, John Hogan. John, Scott, and Stephen with you tonight. How are you? I think we got John. I see him. I'm here. Hear him. I'm here, fellas. Ah! Oh, I hear him. I hear him. How are you, my friend? <laughs> uh, I promise that's our that's my only uh, that's my only bad one today. I know I had like five last time, so my he was apologies. just he just he just wanted the build up, the you know, pause the dramatic effect, the build up, the anticipation. When's he gonna say yeah? When's he gonna get on? Yes. How are you guys uh, doing? How are you guys doing out there? We're doing we're well. Hanging, we're hanging in there, John. How how are things uh, outside of St. Louis, Missouri? 
Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing well, and you know, as uh, as you guys already mentioned, just kind of um, ready for the holidays and trying to kind of keep perspective and take uh, you know take some time to kind of enjoy the the time with our loved ones. But man, it's going to be an interesting semester. So all, <laughs> always trying to get our ducks in a row, even though it seems like uh, there's a new. Uh, New things popping up every day, so it's it's a fluid situation, as you guys know. Well, I, I'm sure you know this too from from playing your hockey out here. But uh, we've got everything from from no play to uh, we might play, we want to play. Um, there's all kinds of different things happening. Now, Arizona State's already made the decision that they will have no club sports. Period. Uh, for the spring semester, so that kind of eliminates them. Uh, Grand Canyon uh, is trying very hard to put a a team together that can compete and, and can play. Um, UNLV would dearly love to play. They played some three-on-three stuff, uh, not school-affiliated, and they're ready to play. And then uh, and then NAU this, this morning uh, announces that they're canceling their entire season for the spring as well. So it's all over the place. What's it like out where you're at? Um, it depends who you talk to, my friend. Uh, kind, of, kind of the same boat. It's, um, you know, you have some people that are, trying to make a go of it and you have some people that it's like you know this isn't for us and we're gonna do our best to be ready to go in the fall so um, us at Maryville you know we're, we're lucky that we have um, you know the testing capabilities and um, you know we, we have a tremendous amount of support from our from our university for, for our student athletes so we're we're much uh, we're, in a, we're in a much different spot than a lot of the teams out west and in, in your parts but um, it's, it's certainly doesn't make it any easier, uh, but there sure is a, a nice carrot at the end of the stick for our student athletes, uh, to be able to hopefully play this, uh, this semester. Okay. And before Steven jumps in with questions here, I'm going to ask you one more, cause I'm sure you heard, uh, uh, Craig Barnett, the, uh, the head of ACH, a hockey talking on Sunday night and, and kind of outlaying everything. And one of the big things, John, that he mentioned was, the extra year of eligibility. And I think we all kind of figured that was coming, but uh, how does that affect you, your recruiting, your players uh, being so young, you don't really have any, uh, you know, five-year guys anyway, but is that an important thing? Do you think? Um, as Scott always is very, uh, very smart. He knows his hockey teams. It doesn't matter if it's in <laughs> St. Louis or if it's down in Tucson, he knows his teams. So for, for you, you kind of, hit the nail on the head. It depends on each program. And I think it's a really smart move by the ACHA just to give its membership some flexibility. And at the end of the day, to give the student athletes um, what they, what they want and what they deserve in college is uh, you know, the opportunity to play, you know, uh, college hockey. So for us, it's, it, it, it I, I, to be honest, I don't think the fallout will be uh, kind of felt until, you know, probably two or three years from now, since, to your point, we're, we're young. We have a lot of freshmen and sophomores and a couple of juniors. We don't have one senior. Um, so this doesn't affect us as much right now. But, you know, two or three years from now, player X might say, hey, I might want to do this or I might want to change majors or I might want to get my master's and I have a year of eligibility. You know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. But um, as a younger program, I, I don't think it has any – uh, immediate impact, but it, it sure is the right move. And um, praise to Craig Barnett and the, the rest of the ECHA for, for making that call. 
Okay, one more quick follow-up, Stephen. I'm sorry I keep bumping you here, but... <laughs> Stephen, you're not going to get a word in, just to let you know. Hey, <laughs> just part for the course. Part for the course. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we had Coach Powers on last night, John, at, at ASU, and, and he was telling us that he thinks a majority, and a, and a large majority of his seniors, are coming back to take advantage of the extra year in NCAA hockey, mostly because they feel like it's unfinished business, and they, they felt like... This was really, really a strange year and the opportunity to go to school again and, and maybe, like you said, pick up that master's degree or whatever it might be. Um, so he anticipates a lot of his players coming back. Uh, I would think in some places that's very important. And then there's some like an ACHA that maybe just want to move on. And, and I, I posed that question to your old coach, Chad Berman, the other day. And I said, oh, what's going to happen with your guys? And he said, geez, I, I think some of the guys are just ready to go. And he said, I think some might consider it. That's kind of the way uh, I, I'm looking at it. And I, I'm guessing that's what you would say too, right, from that standpoint? Yeah, yeah for uh, the exact stamp, standpoint of it just it's such a personal decision for, for that specific student athlete. And, you know, to, to Coach Power's point, I think he's built the program to a point where his guys are hungry and they've, they've worked so hard. And if they can get to the end of the road and they can – make that runway a little longer, then by all means, let's, let's do it plan. But, you know, for, for a lot of student athletes, um, there hasn't been that buildup. There hasn't been, um, you know, the inception of a program of saying we have unfinished business. A lot of programs, it's like, Hey, I've been in school for four or five years. I gotta, I gotta move on with my life. Um, you know, so I, again, I, I, it, it might be one of those things that coach powers gets, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes better to be lucky than good. And he might have, have a crew out there that he might get some extra years out of them. And I'm sure that helps from a recruiting standpoint. It definitely, uh, you know, gives you a, a bit of a deep breath as, uh, you're looking at your roster saying, huh, maybe I don't have to do as much work this off season, you know, recruiting. So, um, again, for, for us, there's not an immediate impact, but, um, for a lot of teams out there with juniors and seniors, it's gonna it's gonna um, impact them a lot. And just a side note, not to go too far, but I've talked to junior hockey players and parents and coaches. I think that's where it's gonna really be felt this year. When you know a Greg Powers or any you know team and school and coach goes to uh, you know is recruiting this age out year, and he says we don't have any room for you. We don't we don't need you. So I think that's where it's going to really be felt is the juniors. There might not be as many opportunities for those age out junior players because there's just now those there's no room up the pecking order. So so does that help ACHA? You know, it helps uh, anyone that is lucky enough to be in that situation. Like again, I you know for I, I think hmm, again like for it wouldn't help us at Maryville because. Um, you know, we don't have any spots, you know, some, I think there's going to be those teams that can really benefit from it and say, wow, we got, for whatever reason, we have 10 or 11 seniors on the way out and, you know, they're already in a fifth year or something like that, or they're, you know, they're, they're engineers, they're, they're ready to go. Um, they got, they got life after hockey. I would think that there's going to be some programs that, um, if I was in their shoes, I, I would sure try to take advantage of the opportunities that are that are going to probably come their way. Okay, Stephen, I, I warmed them up for you. 
Okay, before I ask a question, the word that came to mind when you're talking about all that is a backlog. You're, it seems like you know, you're, you're going to have players that are going to be, as you said, they might, they might exercise the year of eligibility, but you got all these, these players that you've brought in, but they're not going to play or they're going to have an extra year of play, and so then it's going to delay or backlog players coming in from, from other teams. Um, so let's, let's return to this, though, is we were talking with Chad Berman as we said, last week, and, and you know they're really trying to be able to play, and it sounds like maybe they're, they're going to be able to. We don't know yet. But one of the challenges that will be is having teams that you can play against and, and the travel that might involve that and, and being able to do that. Uh, obviously, Arizona State, who is a very easy travel for them, isn't going to play. We're unsure about UNLV's uh, situation up here in Las Vegas, uh, if they're going to be get the go ahead to go, and so that that's another one. If well, and what's it like for you guys? If you do get to play, what is it? What are the challenges? You have to have other teams that you can play against, and so what is that going to look like for for you guys in, in that challenge of trying to get the season going? Yeah, that that hurdle that that you speak of for for Chad and, and Tucson and Arizona and um, for Danny and, and GCU, if they can give it a, a go, or Greenier and and UNLV, it's you know, they're, they're out on their own little island out there, um, and there's just not a lot of uh, opponents and teams to play. So that challenge isn't as, as big for us here in St. Louis because we have Lindenwood down the road. We have McKendry across the river. We have Missouri State three hours away. You know, we have Midland and Waldorf that have already been playing. We have Iowa State that's already been playing. Um, so th- those challenges, I would say, are not um, as big for us. But uh, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, with more support from the school comes even that much more oversight. Um, so there's, there's some other hoops and hurdles we need to jump through um, to be making sure that we're, we're keeping our kids uh, as safe as possible. Um, and you know that, that comes down from the president's office at our university. So it's uh, everyone's, you know, I make the, I make the an analogy or metaphor all the time. It's, we're, we're all in the same storm, it's just we're all kind of in different boats, and the boat that we're in is certainly different than the ones out west, and uh, you just have to navigate it as best as possible. So, you know, we're lucky to have some opponents nearby that can play, and um, I've talked to Chad about, you know, what what would make sense for maybe him to come to the Midwest and do a little trip through the Midwest because a lot of his kids are online. You know, that, that comes into a financial and a health question, but <laughs> – in a COVID year, you got to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. So, any and all options I know are, are out there for all of us in the ACJ. Well, look at look at Greg Powers in Arizona State at the NCA level. They're they they were on the road for like a month playing all those Big Ten schools. So it certainly it can work. Of course, it's different from ACHA to NCA. But uh, let me ask this follow up though: Is right now uh, the commissioner in his uh, statement on Sunday was talking about that you know they would have wished that more teams would have been able to have an update on if they'd be able to play. Is there a date that teams have to decide if they're going to play this semester? Even if they can't start maybe in January, is there, a, is, the date, is there a date that you know that the league is providing that say, okay, we need to know by a certain date if you guys are going to be able to play or not, or is that just kind of going to be a, a fluid situation as well? Do you want the easy answer or the, the long-winded answer? <laughs> give them a long-winded one. we got an hour. <laughs> uh, I will give you both of them. How about that? Uh, the, the short answer is nope. Um, and the long-winded answer, the long-winded answer is, and, and you, know, you know, 
hat off to the ECJ. They're just trying to give the opportunity for its members to play hockey. And um, in a COVID year, you have to appreciate that. And as unfortunate as it is for a school to schedule and to say, hey, who's in? How should we operate? What should the national tournament be like? What's the rankings going to look like? You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, you, you got to put yourself in the shoes of some of these other teams that aren't playing and that are going week to week and kind of just, um, you know, some people might say they're, um, you know, kind of dragging their heels a little bit. But if you're in their situation, why wouldn't you be? You, you want to play hockey. You want to give that opportunity for, to your kids. So, you know, and, and as much as we love for, hey, you have to you have to decide by January 15th if you're playing or not. You know, what 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 what's it to say that? You know, come March, a bunch of the Illinois schools can play because we're in a better spot and they can play eight or ten games in in March and, you know, get to the minimum amount to play. You know, is I don't think that's the worst thing. So um, I think that's kind of where the ACHA from maybe afar might look like they're getting into trouble. Um, but, I, but I think when you kind of look at it from a player experience, um, it, it might it might give us coaches and us managers some uns- more uncertainty. But um, at the end of the day, you have to look what's in the best interest for the kids, um, and, and trying to give them that 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 opportunity. Um, that's that's certainly not the worst thing in the world. Okay, so so this is a two parter for me, John. So listen closely. <laughs> okay. I'll do my best. Okay. No problem. Okay. <laughs> Here's part one. Uh, I, I parallel NCAA and ACJ an awful lot this year because uh, we had Frank Seratori on, the head coach at Air Force, and when we were talking with Frank, um, I, I said it must be really strange that there's 61, 62 teams, however you look at an NCAA hockey, but. Um, they're all kind of doing their own thing, or at least their conferences are doing their own thing. And when it comes down to selecting teams for the national tournament, nobody's really sure what's going to happen. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'm not even looking at wins and losses right now. I just want to play 13 games and then start focusing what our record is because without 13 games, the NCAA will not allow them to compete for the national championship. So that that was his perspective. Um uh, Looking at it that way, Coach Powers said it a little differently. He's going like, yeah, I think a 500 season will will do it, will give us a a good shot based on our our strength of schedule. So I ask you, uh, in the ACHA eyes, uh, is there a certain number of games that you must play to be considered uh, a national tournament contender or or participant? Yeah, I I believe there is a minimum. I don't know if if they changed it to 8 or 12 games, but I believe – there's a minimum, but don't hold me to that. And, for, and you know, to be honest, guys, I'm not even – I probably lean towards um, Frank in almost a different scenario. Um, I don't care. You know, we got 22 games on our schedule, and I, we purposely scheduled that many because we know that their stuff's going to come up. If it's, ours, if it's internally or if it's other teams that can't play, you know, the likelihood of us playing all those 22 games is – um, is little now, you know, Hey, things can change. And I can, I can trust that our players will do even a better job than I'm expecting. And the other schools might be doing just as good of a job and we can play all 22 games. But for me, it's just, you know, we had nothing this past semester. And if you told me, Scott, you know, Hey, coach Hogan, you're going to get like 16 or 17 games in, you know, I'm going to be tickled pink because we were able to give that experience to our players. Um, so for, from a national championship or a, a conference tournament, 
Like I've been on calls this week about what the heck is going to look like. And we just don't know. And right. as I'm, you know, I don't, we don't know, Hey, is the conference champion going to have an auto bid? What, how many teams are going to be in nationals? Is it 20, you know, but if there's only half the teams playing, you know, it probably should be down to 12. So if there's 12 teams, who gets the auto bid? Do you do it off of rankings or is there a little tinkering at the end by ACHA officials? You just don't, you just don't know. So all you can control is getting out there, starting practice next week and saying, guys, every day that we get to come to the rink and be on the ice together in full squad, we're a step ahead of last year or last semester, I should say. Every sure. game that we get to play, we're one step further than last semester. So if we only if we only play one game, guys, we're already ahead of last semester. So appreciate that. Don't take that for granted and just follow the rules. You know, the sacrifices that we're going to make this semester will hopefully and you know allow us to play as many hockey games as we can. And you know, the I, I think that 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 mindset, that kind of forty thousand feet look of having that perspective right now, I think is really important and. You know, if, if we if we're five hundred, if we're five games over five hundred, you know, um, as I tell our guys, the the results are in the details. So we're going to focus on the details. And for me, the details are are, are keeping things uh, in perspective this semester. Okay, here's part two of that. Um, Stephen and I have talked about this since the beginning of the fall. Um, the, the teams like Iowa State, Jamestown, Minot, they've been playing since the very beginning, almost like there's nothing going on. Uh, and they've what competed corona, against what Corona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what Corona. Um, so as a coach that hasn't been able to play in, in the fall semester, uh, how do you look at that? Is this, is this quote unquote fair? Uh, does it matter to you or are you just more concerned about your own team and your own self? And you know what? I don't really give a rip about the rest of them. No, Scott, you do a great job of like throwing me in the fire, like throw me in the deep end. Make sure, like, hey, you know, my I do that to be, everybody, John. You know, Iowa State might be listening to this. You know, make sure you don't cause. Oh, and they are, you know, and they I'm, are. I'm just, hey, you do a great job at that. Um, for 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 me, it's again, you only can tr- control what's you know what's in your backyard, and you know, for Iowa State, you know that that's great that they were able to play eight or so games or whatever they did, and my not good for them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound, uh, like a broken record, but for me, it's about finding the opportunity and everything. And it's, and it's, it's easier said than done. Um, I said that quote, you know, a thousand times the first semester and I was almost banging my head against the wall thinking, God, there is no opportunity in this. This just stinks. Um, but you know, you, you got, you got to try to move forward and you got to try to find the opportunity. So for me, it's, it's like, guys, we're going to play teams that have played already that's a challenge, but that's also an opportunity to, to try to see, you know, how good are we as a team? How good are we? How quickly are we able to morph? It, it also provides, you know, a challenge for the coaching staff. And I think that those are really good learning experiences for, you know, for us to play. Let's just say we're not planning on, but let's just say we play Iowa State. You know, let's say we play them in the end of January. You know, hey, they, they've had four months at it. You know, guys, we've only had a month you know, to practice and have a couple games, you know, that that's just more pressure um, and, you know, more of a challenge, a big of a big hurdle for us as coaches and for us as players. But so be it. Let's just rise to it. And, um, you know, I think that makes us better in the long haul. So all that kind of stuff, I, I don't I don't get too much into it because, you know, 
Well, what, what, are you going to cry about it? Or are you just going to put your work boots on and get <laughs> well, through it? I, I'm going to give you the half, half uh, glass half full version of it. Uh, if you ask your former coach, Coach Berman, uh, what it was like to be playing great hockey in the fall and then suffer a rash of injuries and not have guys for the second half, and I look at it this way, I'm going like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe might not Jamestown, Iowa State, all those teams up there played some games, but they may have also suffered some injuries that that might deplete their roster for the for the spring, um, in addition to gaining some experience, obviously. But if you're looking at a glass half full, you guys are all coming in healthy, fresh, ready to go. Yeah, you maybe don't have that game experience, but you also maybe don't have the injuries that you might have gotten in the fall. So there you go. There's there's my half full uh, glass caveat for you. Uh, and you're exactly right. And, um, you know, each, each team's different. So I, you know, some coaches like, have you looked at those teams? Like, you know, man, I'm, I'm just trying to focus on ourselves and get us through the next day and the next week, you know, who, what injuries they have, what, what all that looks like, you know, have you pre-scouted McKendry, you know, or Lindenwood? It's like, man, you know, I don't know if this makes me a bad coach, um, but there's so much going on right now. I'll get to that when I get to it. Like it's, uh, that, that stuff. And, you know, I, again, it goes back to the perspective and, uh, you just, ha- you just you know, you know, Hey, like guys, if, if we don't stay healthy and safe, it doesn't matter how much pre-scouting I'm doing, you know, we <laughs> right. just throw, we'll just throw that all away, you know? So, um, you know, putting that on the totem pole and saying what's most important, what's not most important. Um, that's, that's what we're trying to do. So, um, I'm excited to play those guys. You know, it doesn't matter if they've played 10 games or they haven't played any. I just, um, for, for our guys and even as, as, as coaches, um, I think I did the math. If we play the first week of January, it's over 300 days since our last uh, Maryville oh, hockey goodness. game. That's um, creeping up on a year, John. Uh, I, I know. I, I know. It's, uh, we're, we're counting. So, this, <laughs> uh, the, the mat, you know, the, we, we haven't had a, and, and the same goes for the, uh, full practice. We haven't had a full practice since the last week of February. Ah, my um, goodness. My so goodness. it's uh, anything and everything that we get this this second semester um, is, is going to be good. And I, I hope teams can play. If, 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 if that's them starting in January, February, March, I just hope teams can play and give those kids the opportunity to do what they love. Okay. I, I put them under the bus and, and put them under the microscope. Stephen, go ahead and give them some softballs. <laughs> well, I don't know if this will be – I've done these enough, Scott. We're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I guess my, my question would be uh, another aspect of this would be uh, being able to have uh, those in attendance to watch. And even if you, if you get the go-ahead to go, um, what is the likelihood that you will be able to have even just a number of fans in there? And if, if that's a, not a possibility, then how important will it be to make sure that people can can watch the games, or they can there'll be opportunities people can still contribute to the program since they're not going to be able to get a ticket to watch you guys in person? So maybe just touch on those subjects for a second. Wow, Stephen, you have a great way of putting questions in a way that I can answer either yes or no, or I can go down <laughs> a rabbit hole for five minutes. So <laughs> go down the rabbit hole. Yes, down yes. Hole. Go down the rabbit hole. Yes, <laughs> rabbit hole we go. Um, you know, so the. Our school is, and it's especially with a lot of NCAA D2 schools, is, uh, has told their, their programs, like, hey, we're just not going to have fans uh, for, the, for the indefinite future. If that's for January, February, March, whatever it is, um, you know, it's just not safe to have more personnel on, on our campuses. Um, and, and that makes sense. You know, you're, you're all right now is they're saying, we want to play hockey. You know, all that other stuff is noise. And, you know, I have a, a 
Scott has been in my office and in my office, I have a pretty big canvas of our first game last year. And there's, it's a, it's of us scoring a goal and this stands packed with you know, about a thousand people. And I had an individual come in to my office about a month ago and said, wow, it's going to be really great to see that kind of stuff in the spring. And I just looked at him like a gold retriever tilting his head thinking, what are you talking about? Like, you know, that little, that little picture of those five guys that are celebrating, that is what I'm focused on. The thousand people in the stands, you know, that's just not realistic and, and you can't assume that's going to happen this spring. So, um, and that stuff's not important right now. So, the guys that are on the ice, that kind of stuff, that's what, um, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm focusing on. So, um, you know, for January, we're, we're not, you know, we're not allowing fans in and, and I think that will go, you know, for February and, you know, we'll cross those bridges when we get there in March and April, if that's for a conference championship or, or another tournament that we may or may not be hosting. Um, but we've we've invested time money and effort into our broadcasting and now we're also on a radio station in town um so and you know i have friends around the hockey world that that have these podcasts that i think a lot of people like um so we're, we're trying to do everything that we can do to 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 get material to get substance um and just maryville hockey to as many ears and eyes as we can because there's so many people that are sitting inside right now thinking you know there's just not a lot to do but Hey man, that Maryville, they have a good, they have a new broadcast system. Those games are high quality. And man, I really like that guy that's on the radio. He calls a great game. And man, those podcasts that, that Maryville's doing, if it's Coach Hogan, if it's the kids, those are really interesting. That's, you know, that's the, that's the focus that we're trying to, to put right now. And it goes back to my first thing, you know, that I said, you got to find the opportunity in this. So that's, we've had a little extra time to say, how can we um, connect with our audience, our families, friends? better um for this semester but i think that will have a massive massive um you know good consequences come the fall when we're trying to get fans in the stands and saying you know we were able to connect um on different wavelengths in different ways during a pandemic and we have just that much more of a broader uh you know fan base yeah that's a a really good point And, and i'll tell you just how important you guys are out here is I seriously, I've had three people uh, in the last month tap on my window of the car and ask me, where is Maryville University, even though it says St. Louis, Missouri, and ask me about your program. So uh, <laughs> it, it's crazy, but uh, I think Zoom and the different types of technology have actually um, spread things out wider than we could have ever imagined in the middle of a pandemic. I know it's worked in the podcasting industry for us because uh, we've gotten guests and, and people on that never probably would have had time to come on. We have the NC, the NCHC commissioner on Sunday night. So, I mean, it, it's just kind of grown that way. And, and maybe that's a good thing when we look back at it in five, 10 years from now. Yeah. I, I think everyone now will appreciate a, uh, a hug and a handshake a little more and be able to talk to five or six people in a, in a conference room. I think we'll all appreciate that a little more, but to your point, I think uh, that connectivity uh, we've really had to kind of find different ways. And, 
jumping. You know, I just had a Zoom with my players earlier on earlier on today. If you would have told me a year ago that Coach Hogan, you're going to know how to work a Zoom, you're going to know how to <laughs> communicate, and you're going to know how to schedule those and put all those thirty guys, you know, in a Zoom, I would have said you're, you know, I don't know what you're on, but that's 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 just the 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 world we live in today. So. Um, th- those things will stay with us, and those those aren't the worst things to to have in your back pocket, and those aren't the worst things um, to be able to connect with our players. Like even you know even over the summer, if you know not just texting our players saying hey what's up, having the ability to jump on a Zoom and everyone see each other's faces, you know that's I think that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And John, from from our perspective at the at the NHL, the AHL, and the NCAA, as well as ACHA level, um, it, it's kind of cool because I can be in Vegas, I can be in Colorado, I can be in wherever uh, via Zoom. I, I will tell you the one thing that I miss, though, and you know me, you, you probably know this is coming, but I like the one-on-one in-person stuff because it, you get to see everybody's personality up close. You can see it somewhat on Zoom, but you can still turn it off or, or go sideways or do whatever and not really get the full perspective. But I love sitting down. And when, when I'm in an NHL locker room or any locker room for that matter, I think you get a lot more. I mean, uh, a quick story. The, the guy that I miss the most right now is, uh, is uh, Shea Theodore up at, uh, at uh, the Las Vegas or the Vegas Golden Knights because I used to sit down with Shea every time I went to Vegas for practice. I would get in the locker room and get four, five, six, seven minutes with him. But they were the the best minutes ever because he would sit and tell me stuff that he wouldn't tell uh, in a Zoom call, for example, or he wouldn't tell in front of a TV camera. But you know, he would tell me injury type things. He would because he could thought he could trust me, I guess. But that was maybe his first mistake. <laughs> but, but but I really miss that interaction. So I, I hope we don't have to go away from that completely. But I agree with you 100%. The Zoom is is something that's really cool because you know I can be on on a Zoom call almost any place, anywhere, and anytime. So. Okay, uh, so I've got this question to ask, and I don't know if you can answer it yet or not, but uh, I teased it all day long because we're getting so darn close to Christmas, and I had this huge box under the tree. It said Maryville University, ACHA Hockey, and I was going like, God, I wonder when I get to open that. Is there going to be any kind of big news coming out of the ACHA for, for, the, for Maryville University? Am I still waiting? Still can't open it? You're you're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait. Uh, I know. Um, I, I, I can't. I can uh, say that there was, um, you know, for for the national tournament, uh, it not being in, um, you know, held in Boston anymore. There were there were two bids that were made for for the ACHA um, Division One national tournament, and um, I think they're gonna try to uh, announce that uh, hopefully by you know one of the uh, the first or second week of January. Um, to Brian Moran's point and uh, Chris Perry and all the and Craig Barnett and everyone else with the ACHA, before they announce something, they want to know how many teams are we going to have. Um, so to Craig's point on 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 Sunday, you know, it's kind of that 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 double edged sword. We we love teams uh, that that want to give it a go at some time in the second semester, but we also need to know you know where you stand right now because we need to make plans for for late march and april so um there there was two bids that were given out for for acha d1 nationals and um you know one of them's midwest one of them's not midwest so 
Um, I, I, sh- I, sh- I sure hope that in you know the next two or three weeks, um, maybe you can have me on again, and we can we can talk oh, about count, that, count on it. Count yeah, on we, it. <laughs> we can, we Either can way, talk, John, count on it. <laughs> yeah, we we can talk about where it's going. So, um, and again, it's it's going to well, look different. That's for well, darn sure. I need I need to throw one more thing out there, Stephen. I I'm sorry. I keep cutting cutting in, but all these things keep coming into my head. Um, when I was talking with uh, you know your old coach again, Jad Berman, and I was saying, you're trying to grow the game of hockey. That's why we do what we do at Ice Time Hockey Southwest. Is we're trying to grow the game, right? And one of the things that frustrates me, and the Big Ten did it to me in the NCAA, and other schools have done it in ACHA. And I'm not, I don't want to beat down anybody, but... Uh, beat you know, down on them. Give it to them, Scott. <laughs> okay, so here it is. Right? <laughs> when, when you're trying to grow the game of hockey... You need to stay in front of your audience. Even if you have to change the, the narrative or the schedule or whatever it may be, I think you need to stay in front of it. And I'm going to give you kudos because I see your stuff. I know what you guys are doing. You haven't stopped, like you said, with the radio stations and things like that. Uh, you keep moving forward and you keep staying in front of your fans. And the University of Arizona has done a great job with, with what they have to work with. You know what it's like. You can't get on the ice, so you, 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 you try to sell shirts and things on, on site. You try to stay in front of your fans with different things. Uh, UNLV's done a great job with it. And, again, I'm not beating down on these teams. I'm just saying I'm frustrated because, like, Arizona State's given us nothing, right? And I have people calling me, and they're going, like, hey, uh, is Arizona State going to play? Aren't they going to play? What's going on? And I think if they would just come out and say something, and here's the Big Ten reference. The Big Ten played a great, what I thought, first-half schedule, but then they waited until, like, a week ago, to announce the second half. And I had people, sponsors, uh, other people calling me and going like, is Arizona State season done now? They're not going to be playing anymore. This is at the NCAA level. And I'm going like, man, just put the schedule up there. The NCHC, uh, John, I think did it perfectly. They played a pod for 21 days, but they put their full schedule out, not only for the pod, but also for starting January 1 when they start playing their regular schedule. And they know that there might be things that come up and they have to change games or move games or do whatever, but at least their audience is engaged. So kudos to you guys and everybody else that's kept their audience engaged because in a time like this, that engagement has to be there to have, in my estimation anyway, to have fans, sponsors, partners all feel like they're a part of the team still. And, and, and you know better than anyone that um, that engagement in a, today's world with social media um, you know, that um, you, you only have so, so much time for your, for your partner, support, whatever it might be, your fan base. Um, and if you lose them, they're going to go find something else. They're going to go find um, somewhere else that they feel connected and they're getting the information. And, you know, if it's a hockey program, not, allow, you know, not telling their fans what's going on or not uh, engaging in them, you know, they're going to go find somewhere else that they feel engaged. And, it's, and it, the same thing goes just for communicating information, if it's the Big Ten or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, I, we, we, we've, I think we've done a really good job in our program um, of kind of putting people into roles that they really excel in. And I, um, you know, one of the guys that's been with us uh, from the very beginning, Jeff Crenshaw, uh, kind of our Swiss Army knife, but kind of our social media whiz uh, and just has so many good, um, you know, so much good substance and material that we can connect with our with our fans. If that's you know goalie, you know mass reveals or 
you know, Jer- you know, new jerseys for the women's team or a different podcast. You know, that's what that's what they want. You, the 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 world, especially in the hockey world, um, you know, we're thriving. We we want more substance. We want to feel connected because we can't get out there and shake that hand and and give that person a hug. So. Um, to your point, that that communication is is so important, and and, and hopefully there's there's programs that uh, can take take advantage of it uh, coming out of this thing. Okay, Stephen, you know you know this as well as anybody, and I'll tell this to John because I'm sure he knows it. But uh, John, when I go to Vegas, uh, it doesn't seem like anything stopped up there. I mean, they kept building arenas, introducing coaches, introducing new players. Um, they're moving ahead on that 6,000-seat AHL arena. Steven knows this as well. It's like, uh, other than the game action, nothing has really stopped. The, the press releases keep rolling out, the, the press conferences, the, the have fundraising. You ever heard Ve- have you ever heard Vegas and stop in the same, qu- in the same <laughs> sentence? Never. No. I think Vegas okay. is always blowing and going, and it might look a little different, but they're not going. At, you know, you're going, you're going full steam ahead, and we might get in trouble on the way, but we're going forward whether we like it or not. Except for the almost three months where the casinos were shut down, but but that was a different thing. But yeah, with regards to the hockey, though, it was always still going. Yep, yep. You got again. That that's another thing. You know, you just have to find the the opportunity. So there's you can still build arenas. There's still construction. You can do that all outside. So hey, in, in a pandemic, let's let's build some rinks so when we can get back in them and start playing, there's just more rinks to go around. Absolutely. Okay, Stephen, I, I warmed them up again for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, let me ask this. Uh, you know, as as we've gone through this this time now, and as we've had a chance to to reflect, and as we've had a chance to to look ahead to to twenty twenty one, I guess my question would be, what have, what are some things that you've learned through all this? I mean, it's this is such a this was such a learning experience for all of us, and and how to deal with uh, being at home more and not being able to you know having to find stuff to do at home. You know, how, how different resources, obviously different things with having to um, operate a, a team in your case or having what, what are some things that when you look back at this whole thing I mean next at the end of this season or even later into this next year when you when you look back what are you going to be some things you're like huh this is you know I, I, I'm a better person because I've learned this or, or from, from all this yeah I, th- I think you know I, yeah, as, as a coach um, you know you're kind of tasked with leading uh, and, and steering the ship a little bit. And, um, I, I tell our guys to always look at themselves in the mirror before they look around. So, um, I, I'll use that, uh, that rule on this one, I guess from, from a personal standpoint, I think in all of this, we've, we've learned a lot about how we tick as, as people. Um, what's, what's really important when you kind of dive into the weeds of, of how we tick as, as humans, as how, how I tick as John Hogan. And, you know, uh, some of those things, uh, from like a personal standpoint, you know, being in a being in a rink, you know, being around your your student athletes, you know, if it being around your fr- family and friends like that, those things are are are, are important to me, and um, they were even stressed and highlighted that much more when they were kind of taken away. Um, uh, you know, as we all know, you know, you know, you don't know how important something is um, until you know you don't have it anymore until it's taken away. So from a from a personal standpoint, I think. Um, you know, Scott knows me well enough, you know, when you grow up as a twin and you have such a good family support system, you know, when, when some of that stuff's kind of taken away a little bit or you're forced into your own corners, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta be appreciative of that, 
uh, coming out of it. And I, and I think as a, just as a coach and looking at, looking at our program, uh, I, you know, I, I don't consider my job work. It's uh, and I don't consider it a job. It's uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it and it's a pleasure to wake up every morning and being able to be, uh, you know, the director of hockey ops at Maryville university and uh, the D one head coach. I, 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 I enjoy it. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, you know, being able to be in the, the lives of our, our student athletes, I just, um, you know, I just, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I hope I don't, I don't take for granted moving forward. And, and I, and I definitely have a, uh, a greater appreciation for it. So, um, you know, the greater, the appreciation that I, that I have for things that maybe I didn't have before, if it's on a personal or a uh, career standpoint, I think would be the two things that I, um, that I learned uh, through COVID. And I, and I hope that I keep that, uh, that, that deep appreciation, um, you know, after hopefully in 2021, as we move back to some normalcy. Okay. We kept you on a while. You did a great job. I appreciate it. Uh, I was disappointed that I couldn't open that big present, but I'll wait for it for a few more weeks <laughs> and then we'll bring you on again. And, and, and then, uh, you then know what? Have to deal with me again. You know what? I, I keep doing everything I can to tell people about Maryville University because I was so impressed, John, not only with the, the surroundings, the community, the school, the facility that you have, the job that you're doing. So uh, I hope I'm not hurting you with all the pats on the back. But, doggone it, you're doing a great job. I appreciate it. We appreciate your support here uh, with the podcast. I know people are listening. I know people are uh asking questions and wondering all about your program. So let's hope you get on the ice. And if there's ever going to be a place that they could select to play a national tournament, it's St. Louis, Missouri and Maryville university as a host. So there's my soapbox. I'm on your, uh, on your bandwagon. There's the plug. I was waiting for it, Scott. <laughs> you got, you got so it. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. And again, I, I can, I'll be on any time with you guys. You Scott, it's, it's always a pleasure. And I, I hope you guys have a great, Christmas, uh, you know, holidays with your families. And uh, I look forward to kind of being back on here maybe in January and hope that there's some hockey. So well, you do uh, the I same thing you did this time. When you got news, you text me and uh, and we'll make it happen. And I promised Stephen that I would say something about this. So here it is. This is this is your little loop question here. It's Christmas coming up in two days. What's your, famous, your favorite Christmas movie, John? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the easy one, you know, I think a lot of people go to is Elf. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's an easy one. But um, I, I'd say, like, the old ones that were, like, made in the 60s and 70s, like um, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the one that's kind of cartoonish. Right. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a soft spot in, in my heart for that. And, um, you know, you can't you can't go wrong with any of the Grinches. So that's uh, a, cu- a couple good ones there for me there. Uh, there we go, Stephen. I, I got him to give us a couple. I'll tell you mine <laughs> real quickly. Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. I I, I mean, I, I watch that every day and, and continually laugh. So I, I look for the humorous ones as much as I can. But good ones, John. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Be safe out there, and hopefully we're going to get down to see you very, very soon. Yep, sounds like a plan, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, that's John Hogan from Maryville University and the Maryville Hockey Saints. Stephen and I got to take a couple couple minute break, and we'll be right back with you in just about three or four minutes. When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big city access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school feel, Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant campus, 
Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized, hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, visit our website at maryville.edu. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them, whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. Free game like a pro, host game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena. Stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day. College Bar and Grill. Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000 seat Maryville University Hockey Center 
the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. All right, we're back, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. The Wednesday night staple of our quad pod of hockey in prime time, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Sunday through Wednesday. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, uh, I kind of hogged John, so I apologize for that. But uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you thought about everything you heard out of John's voice tonight. Well, I was hoping we would hear some news. I was hoping he'd be able to unwrap that that present, but uh, we we don't have uh, any news with that. We, as he alluded to, two bids for the national tournament have been put in. Um, and obviously, you know, obviously his his area there in St. Louis is probably one of them. There's another one out there too that's been uh, that's been put in. I, uh, but uh, it's I, I liked uh, you know he has very uh, a good perspective on things. Um, everything is, uh, you know, they're hopeful they can play and, you know, they, they're hopeful that they'll be able to have teams that they can play on. They, they do have some, some schools or they have their benefit of the location they're at. They've got some teams there that have been playing or can or will be playing. It'll be easy for them to travel. It's a little tougher out where we are because of the, where the schools are located with UNLV, Arizona and, and Grand Canyon. And obviously with ASU not playing the challenge for, for these teams, if they get to play is, uh, is if they can play, and and we hope more schools out this way, including Utah, Colorado schools, will be able to play. But it remains to be seen if they're going to get to go ahead. So we'll just have to um, to see on that. But you know, it's I, I think we 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 talk a lot about the the negatives of, of COVID and how much it's changed our, our lives and it's it put our lives in a, in, a, in for a spiral. Uh, but when we look back, and I like what he said, you know, there's there's some good things that can come from this. Uh, we we come to appreciate things uh, that we maybe took for granted and he's right it seems like we, we appreciate that we don't appreciate things fully until we have it taken away from a period of time or, or, or forever and then you realize how much you'd love having that and now you don't have it until you desire it and uh and we certainly had that with with sports for a period of time where we had no sports and then we, we slowly saw sports come back and we were like excited and salivating to have sports back and and the prospect of having an nhl season it gets people excited, maybe more excited than a normal start of an NHL season would be because, hey, we're going to have hockey. We're going to be able to watch our teams. And, and, yeah, we won't be able to go to games probably at the beginning for the NHL, but at some point, uh, hopefully, you know, the, the time will come again. And, boy, won't that feel great to be in T-Mobile or be in, in L.A. or California or go to th- these different arenas and, and, and not just hockey in any sport and to go to games and to cheer your team in person. Oh, how will we love doing that again? But we have to wait still for that. But uh, yeah, just yeah, I think I think John has a really good perspective on on what's going on. And you're right; he does have uh, you know a, a little different situation there because he does have teams so close 
um, and they can do everything. But, you know, like I, like I commended him and, and like I have UNLV and U of A and, and other places is just keeping your sport, your, your team out there. There's ways to do that. Even if you can't play just to keep people engaged. And I think the worst thing that you can do when you're trying to grow something and, and let's be honest, growing hockey in the West is going to be a, uh, never ending battle. You're always going to have to fight for the, for the entertainment dollar and, and all of those things, but you got to keep yourself out there. And, and, and like I said, with Vegas, uh, the silver Knights have, have yet to play a game and they've had more publicity than, <laughs> than a lot of AHL teams have had in 20 years because they just keep putting something out there, a new arena, a new head coach, a new uniform, whatever it might be. Uh, it's just something to keep the fans engaged until you can get back to watching them on the ice. And that's going to pick dividends down the road. There's no doubt in my mind. And Maryville's done a great job. UNLV's done a great job. U of A's done a great job. The rest, I'm just not sure uh, what their what their goal was. But anyway, that's my soapbox for the night on that. Um, you had a couple of things that you wanted to bring up. I know one was the uh, the retirement announcement of the playing career of Derek Anglin at, in Las Vegas. And uh, we certainly wish Derek the best. He's going to hang around. He's going to be a part of the uh, Golden Knights organization, at least the foundation part, and doing different things and making appearances. And I love one of the things I, I heard him say, uh, Stephen, was that if you see him out on the street, don't be shy. Come up there and say hello and take a picture or do whatever. So how cool is that? Yeah, probably – Wait a few months until the pandemic's over. Uh, right now, probably social distance, and, and don't get right up on him uh, in the next month or two when we're st- when we're still in a period of physical distancing and mask wearing and and no no physical contact with people probably for a while. But but yeah, certainly when things are normal again, then yeah, he, he would love welcome people coming up to that. Uh, yeah, and I, just to follow up on on England, you know, England has Derek England. Uh, it's he's really meant a lot to Las Vegas, and, and I don't think we I think we we haven't really fully uh, I think under we're understanding that now what he has meant to Vegas. But you know I, I look at a guy like Derek England, and, and of course he started his pro career here with the ECHL team here, the Las Vegas Wranglers, and I, I just remember you know going through the games and just seeing him him play then, and and just and and. And then he meets his wife after one of the games, you know, his, his now wife in Vegas. So he's always – he's had ties to Vegas for a long time, and, and he has spent so much time in the in the minor leagues. I think over 400 games, they said today, or Kelly McCormick. Oh, he's been over, over 400 games in the between the ECHL and the AHL, and then he finally gets a chance in the NHL. And and then and he does that in 2009 with his, his Pittsburgh, and – He's been in the NHL since then, now for 11 seasons up until he retired this year. You don't see that a lot with players. If, if they spend that much time in the minor leagues, players give up or they they just never get that opportunity. But not Derek England. He kept at it, and uh, he, he, he kept getting better, and, and he got that opportunity with, with Pittsburgh. Uh, he's a very humble guy. He's, he's, a, he's a quiet person. He's not very outspoken. Um, we saw that in the uh, in the aftermath of one October, and this is one of the greatest moments. And it was the very first home game for the Golden Knights, and I will always remember it. I didn't saw it on TV, and I just it, it just sticks because of it, it being a Vegas guy and, and just what it represented. And he was he's not a guy that is really good with public speaking. He's he's reserved, and and they elected him to do that. And what better person to do that than Derek England? 
uh, to a place where it's meant so much to him. You know, getting his start here in Vegas. You know, we need his future wife here. He's had his kids here. He lives here in the offseason. So and now he plays. Got got to be with the Golden Knights from start. I, I I just can't think of a better scenario. And and who better to be the first player to retire as a Golden Knight than Derek England? But that first that first game, um, you know, thanking first responders, saying we're Vegas strong, and and it's just uh, it was an emotional night and. So I just wouldn't be remiss if I didn't uh, say thanks to Derek England for what he's meant to Vegas and for, you know, especially these last three years and, uh, and certainly the healing after one October because he's certainly played a role. He's got his, uh, his charity here that, you know, he'll continue to be a part of with his, 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 his uh, Ingo's uh, heroes, I believe, England's heroes. And, yes, he's going to be involved with the Golden Knights to help charity stuff. He's going to be helpful assistant to, to Bill Foley and, and help him with his efforts there with the, the ch- when he when make appearances and stuff. So uh, a great career for Derek England on the ice. And uh, and we're glad that he's going to be able to stick around and, and, and contribute much more to this city and to the Golden Knights organization. So Very well said. I understand we're having some feedback issues uh along the way so uh oh no we will uh we're, we're getting to the point where we need to wrap anyway so i'll let you do your read and we'll say good night with little roger klein and the peacemakers and happy holidays to everybody out there sure uh maryville university and maryville saints hockey has presented club hockey southwest weekly also brought to you by verizon the 5g and 5g ultra band for business that america has been waiting for uh, Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey come to the greater St. Louis area and get a first-class education and first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. By OxyPal, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPal. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona. By M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive in the morning. Relax at night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, in the net, up the ice, or in line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. All right, last last shot. You got to tell us about your Christmas movies quickly. Okay. Uh, some of the ones I like uh, are, are Scrooge uh, with Bill Murray. That one's a, kind of a nice little take on the uh, Christmas Carol story. Uh, I like uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, Another classic that I always try to catch every year, too, is It's a Wonderful Life. Um, that's an old one, but it's a, it's a classic that's on every year. So, I, And uh, I, one I just 
hadn't seen until just a couple of years ago and have really fallen in love with is, is Home Alone. And that's a that's a funny one, too. I love that one. <laughs> just watch it last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well done, my friend. Uh, our thanks to uh, the director of hockey and head coach at Maryville University, John Hogan, for joining us. John will be back in a couple of weeks to uh, to give us some good news, I know. I just have that feeling, Stephen. So we'll uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that. Hopefully the national tournament will end up uh, in Maryville because uh, if there's a place that would do a great job and deserves it as much as any, it's right there in the St. Louis metro area. So thanks to John for joining us. Thanks to you for bringing it. Thanks to everybody for listening out there. Continue to download, and let's get us uh, – rising up the charts as we head into the uh, the new year 2021 happy holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah all of those good things kwanzaa you name it uh let's say good night from uh, las vegas and scottsdale <laughs>